0: This episode of Turns Out I'm Into It is brought to you by the Harley Rabbit Audio Playhouse, a virtual club specialising in kink and BDSM audio fantasies. These aren't audiobooks, they're immersive audio experiences that put you in the story, allowing you to explore your deepest, darkest fantasies, all within the privacy of your own headphones. Specialising in CNC and other forms of sexual power play, these stories are not for the faint-hearted. But if you're curious, then follow The Harley Rabbit to harleyrabbit.com. Right now, we're offering listeners of this podcast a 25% discount on a fantasy of your choice. Use the code INTOIT23 at the checkout and see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it, into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Hello, hello there, and welcome back to "Turns Out I'm Into It," a show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. My name is Harley Rabbit, and today is an extra special episode because not only is this episode number ten, so we're officially in the double digits, um, but I also have our first ever guest joining me here in the the podcasting studio, and I thought, who better to have? As our first guest, then my wonderful partner Slade. Welcome to the show, Slade.
1: Thanks, Harley. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm, you know, really excited to be here. I've um, listened to the podcast, and obviously, you know, we talk about it a lot. Um, and I'm, yeah, really excited to be here.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Slade and I obviously have lots of kinky conversations together. Um, it's a very important part of having both a romantic relationship and a kink relationship. Um, and I know that he's got some really wonderful insights to share on the show, particularly around male sexuality. And that's something that I obviously feel like I can't speak on, um, very well as I am not a male, but yeah, so Slade is a male dom and sometimes male doms get a bit of a bad rap. So hopefully in this episode, we can talk about maybe debunking some of those stereotypes and learning a little bit about what Slade's journey has been in kink so far Sure. Yeah?
1: (laughs) Yeah, sounds great.
0: (laughs) All right, so sexuality, I mean, we've spoken about this a lot on the show previously. It's something that's very difficult for us to talk about, um, for anyone to talk about. Sex is fairly taboo, a taboo topic, Um, but maybe I'm generally speaking here, but from my personal experience, I feel like when women speak out about their sexuality in the right context, it's often met with... Um, it's well-received. It's seen as brave to talk about their sexuality. Mm. Um, It shows confidence and it's quite empowering. But I don't think men get it as easy as us in that respect. Would you agree with that, Slay?
1: absolutely. I think, uh, you know, women might actually sit around and just generally as a group have a conversation about their sexuality. All the time. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, Whereas for men that's definitely... Uh, not the case. I've had very, I've had way more informative conversations with women about sex than I have with other men. That's for sure. Well. Wow. it's it's really not something that I think men discuss. Uh, I think it's just assumed that you know you're doing it and you're doing it right, and <laughs> if you're not, then you're a complete failure almost. So there's you know there's um, a bit of a taboo, uh, I think, talking about it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that's because if you were to talk to your male friends about it, that that would make you look vulnerable or like you're if you've got questions you mustn't be doing it right
1: right exactly you're, yeah. you're kind of expected to to know yeah. and um you know there's definitely an attitude i think that um if you do have any uh, uh questions or queries about you know or well, even pleasuring a woman, then mm-hmm. the fact that you don't know opens you up to ridicule. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, you're far more likely to hit Google and and try and find something, or you know, pornography, yeah. um, which has its own problems when yeah. you're you know trying to if you're trying to learn from it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then you are to reach out to a friend. I've never once thought, even to myself, outside of our kinky friends, to talk to a mate about sex at all.
0: Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I can't speak for all women or all genders here, but for mm. me personally. I've always felt reasonably comfortable speaking about sex with my female friends. Right. Um, so I can imagine, especially if you've got a problem or something isn't going well, that could be very isolating. Mm. Um, so you're obviously a dominant. Yeah. Um, yep. when, it, when it comes to kink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about how you worked that out and mm. if you had any if you struggled at all coming to terms with those desires that you had?
1: Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, speaking of pornography, that was um, kind of um, I think for uh, a lot of people generally, but men in particular, it's how you kind of explore what you might be into and um, you sort of slowly uh, find yourself moving to the the rougher and the more hardcore um, end of the spectrum, right? Yeah. Um And I think in my head even then, you know, it's fun to watch and and think about, but I didn't ever think, you know, maybe I'd want to participate. Um, And then before we met, bumped into someone who was in that kinky world and started to really explore that, you know, there is that dynamic out there. It does exist and people are um, exploring and playing with that. Um, And in part of trying to explore that, that's that's how we met, right? We met on a, a dating app for kinky people, Field. Yep. Um, and since then, yeah, I've just really enjoyed, uh, being able to explore those uh, feelings in a way that's safe and that both people are, you know, really enjoying and really benefiting from.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. I'll just back you up a little bit there. Cause, sure. um, what I'm wanting to know is before you got involved in kink, so you, mm. you got into kink about the same time I did. Right. We, we basically got into it together. Together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Um, about two years ago, mm. two years uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's gone very quickly. <laughs> um, but prior to your kink experience, did you have any difficulties with feeling ashamed of those desires?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think there's um, uh, definitely that idea, you know, that joke of, you know, delete my browser history if I, die. Right. I have a friend who will delete your browser history for you. Um, and that's very much I think about um, for a lot of people being very ashamed of the things that they're into. So even when I I met our our kinky friend um, before we met, I remember having a conversation with her that was very much you know well, why can't sex just be equal and balanced? And I think a lot of that came from shame in you know feeling like um, even just feeling like you want to be in control in the bedroom. I think mm. uh, these days can be something that uh, men are maybe not really comfortable expressing as a feeling. In today's world, that can come across very much as uh, a desire to be abusive or, right. or something like that. Um, and I definitely don't have that. I don't want anyone to do anything they don't want to do. Um, and that's why we have, you know, all of these conversations about kink and and you know, really make sure we understand where our consent boundaries are and and what we're both uh, expecting to get out of an experience. All those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, all um, that communication is so important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and. Um, Yep.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that communication then sets it up that you can lean into those more dominant, submissive dynamics.
1: Right, right. I, I know um, that in this moment, you know, when we're playing together, that I can be free to do what I want because I know that that's the experience that you want to have as well, yep. right? And it, it really does help you to play in those places without feeling like, you know, you're the monster because uh, while it's fun to play the monster, I don't want to actually be one, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, right.
0: You've expressed that you did struggle with a bit of shame prior to um, getting more involved in kink. Hmm. How have you been able to then make that shift into feeling more comfortable with playing that dominant role? So you obviously expressed that um, communication has been a big part of that. Is there anything else that's helped you feel more comfortable in those desires that you have?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think even as we were exploring things, there was still a lot of shame. There were definitely moments where in the middle of things, you start to feel very self-conscious about what your desires in those moments are, right? Um, right. Yeah, and and part of uh, overcoming that is really having an understanding of that idea that it's a shared experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as a Dom, um, one of the things that really helps me to feel more comfortable in the situation is knowing what the sub is into and uh, being able to share in that experience with them so rather than feeling like I'm the monster you're actually sort of giving this gift you're doing it something that ultimately not a lot of people can bring themselves to do and really giving them an experience as well that they want to have and at that moment all of that guilt and shame kind of falls away you're like oh that's right this is exactly what is up for right now (laughs) not to not to get into too many details but um it really does help you lean into that moment um and as soon as that shame falls away as well you can you know let that monster sort of have a a bit of an outing i guess i don't know
0: right you get to lean into that
1: right absolutely
0: yeah Yeah. that's really making me think about the conversations we've had sort Mm. of post playtime right particularly in the beginning when we first started playing together we would have these long debriefs and Mm. That was actually really fun. Yep. Um, we still do that now, but maybe not to the same extent. Right. But that that was really part of the process of learning what was okay for, mm. for me as well. Right. I think you, by the sounds of it, you're saying that hearing about my experiences and what I was enjoying in that play right. would help you feel more confident about leaning into that side of yourself.
1: Right, right, absolutely. Like I think, um, you know, we were pretty clear beforehand on the boundaries yeah um but that does still mean that sometimes in the moment something will come to you and you think well i'm sure that's within the boundary but you know are we about to find another limit somewhere here <laughs> right yes um and then to speak to you after like some of my favorite experiences were um me i think by the end of things thinking like maybe i have overstepped a little bit here something was you know too fast too hard to to you know push too far um, and then to hear that you loved that, you were into, you know, I was so into that. No, that was great. Keep doing more of that. Um, it really does help you then lean into that the, the next time and understand uh, a bit more that things are okay. <laughs>
0: As you were saying that, I was thinking, wait, when have I felt like you've gone too far? Right. But no, I've loved it. so. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and, yeah, and I think uh, knowing that someone is happy to receive the result of those feelings Mm -hmm. makes me much more comfortable with, you know, sometimes, you know, we just want to be a bit more dominant, a bit more forceful, a bit more in control of what's going on. Um, And, you know, I don't feel when we play, I don't feel any shame or or any guilt about that anymore because I know that ultimately it's a positive experience for both of us.
0: Before we move on from this, um, one thing I wanted to mention was safe words are obviously Mm. play a really big role in, both of us being able to know when it's okay to push limits and when it's like I I feel like you were saying just before that you have sort of felt the urge to Mm. um, go a bit harder in whatever it is that we're doing. Um, Right. But you, I'm assuming, feel comfortable to do that because you know that we have safe words and that I will use them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think that was one of the big things early on for us was um, me being able to feel very confident that if you needed to, you would use your safe words, yeah. right? Because um, I think, uh, especially in that that moment, I think subs are in that headspace and like to be in that headspace for a reason. They like to, they're, they're often people pleasers. Um, and so, um, you know, it can be very hard, I think, for if a, a sub is feeling overwhelmed, for them to find that safe word and then find the courage to use it. Definitely. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a
0: really good point. And that's something mm. that I definitely struggled with right. early on. I,
1: we talked about that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and mm. we actually practised using it. I can't mm. think of what examples there were. I don't remember the specific time where this has happened, but I, I do have a memory of us playing together and me using safe words in a way that it wasn't a big deal. It was like, right. this isn't what happened, but as a good example, maybe it was a tickle fight or something and it's right. okay to be like, yellow, all right, I'm yeah. like just. But <laughs> um, well, we, even,
1: we even use those safe words jokingly in our day-to-day lives. Exactly. You know, it's I, become
0: really comfortable.
1: Yeah, if I suggest something kind of gross for dinner, you might get like, no, nope, red, definitely not, <laughs> not happening, you know. Um, yeah, and, and, and knowing getting confidence in your sub that you know that they can spit out those safe words when they need to is another thing that, again, helps you gauge that. Uh, And as well as that, um, I think a lot of people have an idea in their heads that if you use a safe word, it's a failure. You know, something has gone horribly wrong, we've had to use a safe word. Um, And my advice to people um, starting out would be maybe not to try and view safe words that way as like the panic button. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we use yellow as, you know, hey, let's just stop and reset for a sec.
0: It's like a pause button. Like right, not, no, exactly. know we're going to hit resume in a second, but for right. whatever reason yep. we just need to communicate outside of the role play for a second.
1: Exactly, exactly, outside of this dynamic, yeah. right. Um, red is generally a stop. I don't think we've had a proper red, you know. No. No, And um, which I think, again, is appropriate. Not that if we had done that would be a problem. Yeah. Red just might be, you know what, I'm not in the headspace for this right now. Let's go and have a cup of tea and, you know, if we want to try this again, maybe we can do it in a couple of hours, right? Yep. Um, it doesn't need to be that something horrible has happened and um, you should definitely have a debrief, but it doesn't need to be panic stations if you you have those. The safe words are there to help both of you feel confident with the play that's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I yep. think safe words have been used in uh, as a negotiation tactic as well. so. Hmm. We, as Slade just explained we use yellow and red as part of the the traffic light system yep um but i've heard this being used to negotiate boundaries before a scene as well so mm. if you you might say maybe with the types of if you're doing some impact play for example mm. you could rate the implements be like all right for me the uh floggers are green right uh the crop is yellow Yellow, maybe don't go too hard, and canes are red. That's no, no. go for me. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it can be a really effective tool to communicate just really clearly and mm. also know that because there are often grey areas in in sex, it's always, especially when we're playing, um, a lot of the spaces that we play in are very mm. pushing that line of what is scary fun and mm. scary bad, and you want right. to <laughs> really...
1: I think you've just described all of kink there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's maybe not, part maybe of what not. makes maybe. it exciting right. is playing in those more exhilarating spaces. Right, It's often not that clear, especially when you're trying to push boundaries, like push your own personal boundaries, mm. and you're not sure how far you want to go. It can be hard to tell, like as a sub, it's hard to tell your dom what is and isn't okay. So having like a, a yellow... Mm. Is really helpful in letting them know this is something I'm comfortable enough to try, but I'm a little bit unsure about how that's going to go. Yeah. So exercise caution, I Absolutely, guess. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think a, a good way maybe to think of that um, as maybe an example is if you agree that, you know, a cane a cane is a, a very uh, extreme impact in, implement, right? Um, right. But, uh, you know, if you agree to have a go with the cane, maybe if the cane is is too much, it can be, hey, yellow, look, I still want to try the cane now that we've, you know, hopefully worked your way up to it. Maybe the the goal was to go straight for the cane. Who knows? Um, again, depends on what you negotiated beforehand. Um, but maybe it's like yellow for a minute, hey, can you just be like 80% of that and then we can keep going? But I can't take 100% of, you know, the the pressure or go harder than you are now. Yeah, right? so
0: that's talking about using those safe words yeah, in the moment. Right, a yeah. bit of a
1: reset and a bit of, um, you know, I think ideally, yes, all of the consent, every boundary would be, you know, meticulously worked out in advance and you should aim to get everything down and get a good understanding of what's okay and what's not. Um, But there is going to be, and as much as I think a lot of people that we've spoken to in the kinky space don't like it, there is going to be some wiggle room around that. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, good general rules are not to expand that consent boundary significantly during the play for sure. Um, But we've had, definitely had like... I know you've called yellow before to tell me that you want more of something or you want to go, you know, harder than you expected. In (laughs) the
0: moment things can change. And that can either be, yes, I want more of that. I can handle you going harder. Or it can be actually I'm not as up for this as I thought I was.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 And we've had that, that same thing as well where we've definitely had times we've played a lot harder today for whatever reason you know, you're a human being, you're not <laughs> up for that same level of play. And, um, you know, if I've tried to go there and you're not ready again, hey, yellow, but, you know, let's keep going. But, you know, can you maybe come back
0: it's down, to like 80%,
1: it? whatever? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think those are important things as well. To think of the yellow um, as a bit of a pause and a reset. Um, we talk about it as like stepping it kind of like out of character for a minute. And that helps me as well because I think early on we would have yellows mm-hmm. and that would very much rattle where I was. Now I definitely, um, my reaction is that that's a pause and I know that those feelings are coming back any minute and, you know, I just need to step out of them for a second.
0: Right, so that's a skill that you've learned over time. Right, absolutely. I think initially it could feel like you've, oh, my God, I've done something wrong. Exactly. And then (laughs) over time you've realised, nope, it's just a pause button. Yep. Um, he's just going to communicate with me yep. about something. We're yeah,
1: are going to go back and forth. Um, yeah, and again, the fact that I've used it as well, or I know I've used it when we've been tying yellow for a sec. Hey, this tie, um, look, I think it's good, but can you make sure you pay a little bit of extra attention to it? I'm worried it might slip off your wrist, right? That yeah. sort of stuff. And and then, okay, back into... <laughs>
0: back into character, Green, back into let's the role go. play. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that really demonstrates the fact that you just spoke about consent and mm. consent is something that can be, it's a moving line. Like we can always withdraw consent. Yep. Um. So having this sort of system in place makes it really easy to communicate. Like maybe we've negotiated this before and I said I was okay with this but I'm not okay with it now and I can right. easily say that yep. by just using a, a safe word.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so um, the consent is... The importance of consent is being able to communicate it really quickly and effectively yeah. and safe words let you do that really quickly. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've discussed a little bit about how being in the, the role of a dom means that you need to make a lot of calls and decisions. Right, yep. Um, and I know that that can be quite fatiguing at times. Is there any ways or any advice you would have for people who are experiencing fatigue like that? on how to manage it or get yourself in the right headspace? Is there anything Mm. that subs can do to make that easier?
1: Yeah, I think, um, look, one thing definitely is to pay attention to that. Um, I've definitely had moments where sort of in the middle of a scene you realise that you're really, um, you basically have decision fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. You have to make all the decisions about everything that happens, you know, um, and that can be overwhelming um, and Dom burnout is definitely a thing. I've spoken to other Doms about it and and even other subs who have had their Doms burnout, yeah. um, usually in like high, high protocol relationships, right? So, yeah, um, yeah uh, I think the as far as being able to manage it, it's maybe making sure there's a bit of time for you to move into that headspace, even if that means maybe either being on your own or, you know, really sort of letting yourself shift Um or I would even say uh, starting the scene when you're ready. So okay. even if you're all set up and ready to go, be the Dom, right? Dictate when things start um, and just take your time, you know, maybe should make a few of the decisions beforehand, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a big one for me is to lay out and, and you'll see a lot of Doms do this. Um, as part show and, you know, demonstration. But it can also be removing some of those decisions, right? And what was that to...? Oh, to lay out the impact implements, sorry. Uh, I was getting ahead of myself. But, uh, yeah, and um, even then, you know, I'm going to start with this one. I know what I'm going to do with that one, and then I'm going to move on to this and this, and then then maybe the cane at the end. We'll see how we go, right? So um, removing a lot of those decisions as well. If you are, as an example, going to tie, do ties you know very well that you don't have to think about. It's really just about trying to move those decisions that removes this, the decisions from the the session itself. Mm-hmm. Try and make them early. Think about what you want to do, um, and then only sort of correct from there. Sometimes it's great to just be in the moment and ready to go. Yep. But I think that's where you can get some burnout. Is uh, so that's the most takes the most energy. Absolutely. If you don't, if you have no plan, and you're like, okay, let's do this. Um, it's great fun. I love you know. There's all the options and all the choices, but that can quickly get overwhelming. Um, and it also means, too, if you do have a bit of a hiccup, maybe a tie doesn't go as well as you thought, mm-hmm. it can really take you out of the moment because you don't know. Um, if you plan it in advance and the tie doesn't go, well, fine, I'll try it again or, you know, I'll do something different. If you're sort of, you know, living very freely and doing whatever you need to, um, it can be really distracting and add to that fatigue.
0: Right. Because there is quite a bit of pressure on DOMs to mm. be. Mm-hmm. That way, like right. for for me as a sub, part of the attraction of being a sub is that I don't have to make any of those decisions in right. the moment because right. I find that really stressful. So I I can empathise there that that can be quite taxing. Right, um, and yeah, you can't just like if if I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, I can probably just. Be a bit overwhelmed.
1: Yes. Yeah, lean into that. That's part of the that's, that's kind the of role the thing. Play. Yeah, but
0: for you to do that would really completely disrupt the whole dynamic there. Exactly. Yeah. Not to say that you can't do that if you need to, and that's yeah. again why we have safe words. Absolutely. Um, but I just wanted to take you back to something you said there about the a strategy of not really. It sounds like not rushing yourself into that headspace or expecting yourself to just switch on. All right, right. I'm now Dom. Slade now and mm-hmm. i'm just going to know what to do from here right whereas you talked about waiting until you're ready or easing yourself into it and i've right. seen you do this um, yeah. with uh just a couple of examples i wanted to give our listeners um <laughs> sometimes so we've got a kink cage mm-hmm. and if we're going to have a bit of a play time um Slade will tell me to get in my cage or he'll put me in there mm-hmm. and then just go watch TV for 10 minutes right and wait until he's ready to come yep. in and start the scene yeah and that anticipation can be really fun for me right but it's also it sounds like it's quite important for you to really get yourself into the right headspace
1: right right yeah and i think there's lots of ways you can do that maybe um you know if uh, part of your sub kink is being really exposed, maybe being naked on the bed or pose training might be another one. Okay, you're on the wall and you stay there, you know, and yep. that's part of your subspace. Um, and and that is uh, when as a dom you can, okay, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? And, yeah, plan things out a little bit. That way, yeah, you're just moving those decisions out of the playtime.
0: We might have covered this already, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you if there's any more advice you could have for submissives who are listening mm. because the the um, dom-sub relationship often involves the dom really caring for subs and, and mm. checking in with them and they're very responsible for the sub's welfare. Right. The sub is being looked after. Um, but obviously, doms need to be cared for as well. Yeah. Is there anything that we can do as subs to better support doms during these experiences?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think... Um, Aftercare on the DOM side is very underrated. Um, so uh, it's one thing that I noticed early on, and um, I'm glad that I think we we worked out pretty early is that 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 aftercare session is for the two of us to reconnect and yeah. and you know really feel much more comfortable with you know what's just happened. I guess is yep. you know if I put it that way. But
0: you spoke before about feeling a bit like a monster, and right. you need to be able to feel like. That was just a game, and
1: right, and and that that the person, the other person in in that transaction, understands that as well, yes. and and doesn't uh, hold any uh, hard feelings or, or or anything for that. I think it's um, it's easy to see that you know the subject subject took all the punishment, um, but there is a a little bit um, I think of being in that mode, when you're in that play, you can be very detached, and especially from someone you know, in our case that I care for very deeply, mm. um. Once things are sort of over and they come to a conclusion, I know we have a, usually a bit of a moment where we are still a bit separate while we, you know, calm down and and you know sometimes enjoy that moment for a bit. But after a little while, that usually changes, and then I think it's really important to um, reconnect. So can but, I just stop
0: you there and just yeah. explain what that what you're referring to there? Hmm. Um, often, once Slade and I have, have had a pretty rough session, then we've just finished that play. Um, I personally sometimes like to relish that moment of feeling really like I've just been abused. If that it's, it sounds really awful, but it is right. part of the point in that being in that headspace. Mm. I enjoy feeling super vulnerable and sore and tired, and mm. um, that feeling that fear in me. It, important to note that. That's only fun because I know it's a game in right, the moment. Right, But slave has learnt to let me have, you know, it might only be 10 seconds of that mm. or it could be a couple of minutes and he waits for me to then reach out to him and touch him and that's the signal that, okay, role play's over, give mm. me a cuddle. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah.
1: And look, and, and by that point I need one too, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, and then we do, as you mentioned, we we often have a big debrief as well. Yeah. Um, and we've had to do that less and less. We still do, but you're right, we, we know m- most of the boundaries now. Um, and I think that's the big thing is um, for subs out there is to really remember uh, the DOM also needs to... Uh, feel it needs some aftercare. Talk to them about what that is. Maybe it yeah. is, you know, um that uh they don't they feel like they don't need anything. I doubt that's the case. Mm. Um for me providing the aftercare is is part of my aftercare. Th- I think that that makes that's sense. fairly common. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um so part of the the aftercare. I couldn't think of anything worse than, you know, having a session with someone and then someone else looking after them immediately after that, right? Mm. I think I would need to be part of that process of checking in, making sure they're okay. Um, And being able to get that nod that they had a good time and, you know, there's nothing to worry about.
0: And that really relates back to what you said at the very start of this conversation Mm. about where you had those feelings of shame initially Mm. that were then were relieved by understanding that your partner was enjoying that dynamic. So it sounds like to me you need that confirmation at the end of each session that everything you just did was all received well and in fun and that your partners had a good time and no one was actually hurt. <laughs> right,
1: absolutely. Yeah, the big takeaway is to uh, just support each other ultimately.
0: Yes. Um,
1: you know, we've talked, I, I don't know if you covered this on your podcast, but we've talked about the idea that the Dom-Sub relationship is actually upside down. The Sub is really in control of everything that's going on.
0: I haven't talked and, about that. In... No,
1: that's, yeah, it's an interesting sort of realisation for me was um uh, you're not really in control. You're kind of doing everything that's you know been organized in advance. And,
0: yeah. So the yeah. yeah the sub is really ultimately in control of the situation. Right.
1: The and, and dom that's is the way more
0: it, facilitating it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. You know. Um, not saying that doms can't go out there and find partners that want to do what they want to do. That's that's the goal. But it should never be. It, if you ever feel like you're pushing your sub, I think you're doing the wrong the wrong thing. Yeah. Unless they say, yep, yeah, I want to get to this point, I want to be able to do this, that and, and the other, and yeah. then you can work forward. Um, outside of that though, it's the sub that's in control and you can only work within those boundaries.
0: Yeah, that's a really important, very important lesson that I think is a mm. misconception, particularly for people new to kink or people who right. aren't involved in kink and are looking at it from the outside. It can look very much like it's an abusive Dynamic, mm. but in kink that's being practiced well and in a healthy way, mm. um, it's really that opposite where the the sub is has the ultimate control, and the dom is helping the sub, enabling the sub to have those experiences that he or she wants to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we're almost finished. I just wanted to ask if you had any extra advice for either doms or subs who might be new to the space, anything we haven't previously covered? Or, or do you feel
1: like we've covered everything? <laughs> I think we've covered a, a lot of the um, advice. I think, you know, get adventurous but play safe. Like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like there needs to be a, 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 a almost a catchphrase. But ultimately it's really just about um, exploring yourselves with other people. Um, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's uh, tread carefully. There's lots of information out there. Most of it is good. (laughs) Um, And, you know, yeah, just be very mindful as well of um, who you're playing with. If you're ever finding yourself continually in situations you don't want to be in, that might be a time to, you know, look at who you're playing with and how you're playing with them.
0: Yeah, so having a lot of self-awareness around how you're actually doing, checking in with yourself. Absolutely. Um, Another thing I thought was worth mentioning was that all of, so as I said at the start of the show, Slade and I have been Playing together for about two years, but mm. our journey has been a very slow evolution mm. over that time. We mm. didn't start with what we're doing now. Even no. like in the beginning, just little, little rough bits of here and there were exhilarating. Like mm. I remember, I'm going to get quite graphic here, but it's my <laughs> podcast. So <laughs>
1: go for it.
0: I remember this specific memory of um, we were just on the bed fully clothed just playing around and you like I was laying on the bed on my belly and you kind of jumped on top of me and pushed your knees between my knees so it forced my legs apart mm-hmm. and I think my brain just exploded cuz <laughs> I had never been handled that way by a man before and and mm. being someone that really wants to has wanted to enjoy explore these submissive feelings and being mm-hmm. dominated even just that little thing which now would feel like nothing because we're so used to it. Right. But in the at the start that was enough. Mm. So I guess the point that I'm trying to get to is don't rush. Right. There's plenty of time. Um you don't need to be like running an advanced scene if you've only been in kink for 5 minutes. Just play within what you're comfortable doing either if you're a sub or a dom. Yep. Understand your own boundaries and just have fun exploring right. that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think um, the other example that, uh, you know, if we can get graphic for a minute, you can cut any of this out if you don't want, right? No, it's fine. It's fine? (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, but I think uh, another example of that was um, the impact play stuff. I remember very early on, uh, I think it was our first date, we had a very awesome first date that went for hours we talked about everything Um, because we initially meant, you know, we weren't meant to end up in a relationship. Right, so I
0: have, just to stop you for a second, I have... Discussed our first date. Um, mm. I think maybe in episode one of this podcast. Yep. But I would love to hear your perspective on that. So please feel free to elaborate. Yeah,
1: it was very much. Uh, I kind of really didn't want a relationship at the time, uh, but I had got to a point where I was, um, you know, wanting to explore my kinky self a little bit um, after finding out some more about it. And we had our date. It went for I think six hours. Something oh, something, like something that. crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know we met for lunch and then had dinner together. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um and then um, This
0: was a yeah an internet date as well. So right. we never met before, didn't have any common friends or anything.
1: No. Um yeah, but we um, I think because the plan was well we're going to have this type of play and we're going to explore this together. We were super honest. But I remember asking you about, you know, what about, you know, impact play. Oh, you know, actually I think as we were chatting you said nothing that hurts.
0: That's right. Right. I and, don't don't like pain famous <laughs>
1: words. <laughs> right, right. Um and then uh, we um I said well you know not even spanking and you're like oh well, maybe that would be okay um but then like maybe 3 months later or so might not even be that long actually probably not um but I just have this clear memory of um using my belt across your backside yeah and just slowly getting harder to there was a moment where it's like if I go much harder it'll be as hard as I can with this belt and I bought that belt down and firstly very much had a, a moment of self-awareness uh, where absolutely this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. This is great fun. <laughs> but also, holes, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. Um And also, like, you responded to that brilliantly as well. Um But there was also that kind of flashback to, like, No, nothing that hurts. I don't like pain. (laughs) Um, But it is. What
0: were you just saying about how those boundaries are moving
1: all the time? Absolutely, absolutely. And, look, I mean, if we had talked about in advance, could I strike you as hard as I possibly can with my belt, that would have been a hard no. Yeah. And if that was a no, fine. We wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But in that moment, as I was ramping up to it, I could sense that, like, no, we've still got a way to go here. You get to know your partner. Yeah, you Um, were
0: reading me the whole time.
1: Right. And I think you get to read people a lot better. You're watching other sessions, you can start to tell where other subs are at. You get Mm -hmm. better at reading it. Um, That's been interesting as well, you know, watching other people, um, you know, give demonstrations at kink events or parties or whatever. Um, you really do get a sense of where that sub is at, whether they want more or less or you can really see it. And you can see the Dom in the scene as well making that exact same judgment. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's yeah, it's a cool thing to watch. Um, yeah, so it's always moving and you can negotiate within the scene. Again, it's about making sure you can negotiate that consent really quickly and effectively if it's going to move. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think we are probably out of time. I think that...
1: Yeah, we talked a lot. <laughs>
0: Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure I will invite Slade to come on the show um, plenty more times in the future. Um, It's been really nice to have somebody else's uh, perspective on this show because usually it's just me and what I think and I am only one person from one very narrow view. So, yeah, it's been really wonderful to have um, your insights on the show, Slade. Thank you very much.
1: Well, oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome, and I hope to be back on the show again soon.
0: And if people wanted to get in touch with you or follow you on FetLife, how, what's your handle? Yeah,
1: uh, so Where Dom Slade. Uh, the Wear Dom comes from the uh, the fact that I'm a super nice guy in real life, and, and only a monster, um, you know, when when there's <laughs> the a full moon. moon. Exactly. Um, so yeah, Wear Dom Slade. Um, yeah, if you like, shoot me a message. I'm always happy to respond to people and chat to people.
0: Excellent. Yep. All right. Uh, till next time, play safe, have fun and I'll catch you soon. Bye. Turns out I'm into it. Into Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to turns out. I'm into it. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley rabbit or one word, or you can message me direct through the website go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink.